may be seated. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, it is always good to be in your presence. And Lord, we know that you are always present, but sometimes we're not. Help us be present right now, Lord. In this moment, let your word come into our hearts and change us so that we could be, uh, Lord, uh, transformed from the inside out for the work you have planned in our lives. Father, we want to leave here different from the way we came in. And that will only be as a result of being in your presence and meeting you. So we ask, be with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we, six weeks ago at the Feast of Pentecost, began a sermon series of five works of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're just jumping in on the fifth work, you got to go back and watch from the beginning. But I'm going to give you a recap so that you know as well how important it is that these works of the Spirit are active in our life and how important that is if I'm a Christian that the Spirit of God is working within my life because I think what happens in the church is we know God the Father, we know God the Son, and then there, there's this other guy that we're not sure about. There's this Holy Spirit that we're trying to figure out how that works, but Jesus has a promise, and that promise was fulfilled when he said that I would send the advocate, I would send the paraclete, I would send the one, the comforter, I would send the one who will empower you. Matter of fact, Jesus says that when he comes, it's for you to do works like he did, but he said, actually, you're going to do greater works than I. That there was a greater work in each of those who believe that would continue the work of the church. And the book of Acts is still being written. It's not a closed chapter. It's there we read the beginning in the history of the church, but the history the church is not finished until when? Until Jesus returns again. It'll be completed. But we're in that continuum of his church. And that work of the Spirit is essential in every Christian's life, that this is happening. And the Lord had kept his promise since Pentecost. And we need to know how these habits work in our life, how these works of the Spirit transform us and change us. And the Holy Spirit is meant to work in your life just as much as it's meant to work through your life. So it's not like, okay, I connected with the Holy Spirit, I'm good. It's like, no, that's just the beginning. You've connected with the Spirit of God that comes alive in you, but that's to do something with it. So here's the recap. First week we talked about regeneration. Regeneration, God brings man to a new life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's what takes place. What I can share with you many years ago, there was a moment I sat in church and I was lost and I was searching for a purpose and a meaning within my life. And I didn't know what direction to go in, but I knew I needed to change. And there was a moment, there was a moment where the Holy Spirit was working in my heart even prior to that. But something changed. Something had happened. And there was an invitation to make a step towards regeneration. What, what Scripture talks about is this new birth. Remember Nicodemus? He says, how can I be born again? A new birth, that we're born again. Actually, that we become this new creation. I'm still me, but now I'm new me. How many of us could use a new me? I'm a new me. Don't raise your hand. I was just kidding. But... <laughs> Not exercise me or eating better me, but this new spiritual me that God has in store for my life, this regeneration plan. And there was a moment I was sitting in church and I heard the gospel and I heard the truth and I said, I want that in my life. 
And it was in that moment in my heart I made a decision and regeneration began. I became new. And the Holy Spirit was working in my life. That's the beginning step of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's where it all starts. You can't move forward until that step. And each of us have to make a decision in our life if we'll begin to take that step of the Spirit in our life. Lord, would you regenerate my life? Would you make me a new creation? Would you begin that work? That's where it begins. And maybe most of us have made that decision. Maybe you haven't. You need to start praying right now for that work that the Lord wants to do in your heart for that invitation he makes. Second is transformation. Now what happens is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives conforming us to be like Christ. I become new. Then what he does is he transforms us. And what he says is you're going to get rid of the old you and I'm going to give you a new you. And the new you, that formation, that change, is in our character. Some of us are characters, aren't we? So yeah, some of us are characters. Well, he's got a new character. And you know what that new character is? That new character is to be like Christ. That we become like Christ, that Christ-likeness. That's the change that happens through transformation. Third, it is clarification. And the Holy Spirit of truth guides us in all truth. You know why people get in trouble in their life? It's because they don't have the truth. That's where the trouble begins. That's where the battle begins, because we live in a lie. And then we continue to let those lies expand upon each other, and we're deceived. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not what? In us. Clarification is the truth. The truth is, Jesus is who he said he is. That's what you discover by the Holy Spirit. And that you discover his word is truth. Can't be messed with, can't be changed, can't be any interpretation you want it to be. It has to be the truth given to us through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. That word that was given to us continues through the apostles' teaching that we have that word, we have that truth. And scripture promises where there's truth, there is what? Freedom. And that we have this freedom in our life as a result of truth. Fourth was participation. Now, get excited because this is about you. Ready? Participation is our spiritual gifts are used by the Holy Spirit for the building up of one another. They're not gifts given to you to do your own thing. They're gifts given to you for the edification, the building up of one another. They're gifts given to you that are poured out into your life that are used for the building up of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven right now. For right now. And we might have some talents and some things in our life, but, but they're not spiritual gifts until you know the Holy Spirit. And that's where they begin to get accelerated in our life by using those gifts that he has given us. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, For we are God's masterpiece. I want you to think about that for a minute. You are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ. That's that regeneration, Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Say good things. things. First, you need to recognize. First, you need to understand how important it is that the Lord sees each of you as his masterpiece. That he created you in his image. He formed you. And he has a plan for you. And he sees you as his masterpiece, created for something great, something wonderful, for good works to happen in your life. Now, here's what I want you to hear from me right now. Every word that was ever spoken of you, that you'll never amount to anything, you're not good enough, is a lie. Because he doesn't see you as that. He sees you as a masterpiece. Think about that. He sees you as a masterpiece in your sin. 
in our rejection. He sees us as that masterpiece, and he's calling us on to move forward in those good works that he wants us to do, and we just need to respond to those things that he's calling us to do, those gifts. In other words, that your life has value, and what he's saying is that you're valuable to him, that your life matters and has purpose and has a greater work that he wants to see happen in your life. Spiritual gifts are the outward sign of the Holy Spirit working through us. That's the outward sign. That's what people see. The Holy Spirit's working through our lives as a result of those gifts. Not gifts just for ourselves. Gifts for the building up of his church. Gifts to reach those who are lost to bring the truth. Gifts that manifest who Christ is that is in each of us. Now, here we are, the fifth week. You got all that? I'm going to give a recap. There's a test at the end of the service. I want to make sure you got all four. Now we're on five. Five is determination. Determination is the Holy Spirit strengthens us to fulfill our purpose in Christ. It's to fulfill that very purpose. You know anyone who's determined about something in their life? You ever meet someone? Maybe you're married to one of them. And they get determined and they will not waver. They will not stop. There's this determination that we're, we're resolute and we understand our convictions and our purpose in life. Nothing is going to shake us. Nothing is going to move me from where I'm determined of where I'm going to go. And that's dangerous if both spouses are that determined because we could begin to go ahead in two different directions. But there's this purpose involved and we have to be determined and resolute of those convictions of your purpose in life. And every one of us at some point have asked a question, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And when you're searching for purpose, you're asking that question, why do I exist? Well, I can give you the answer. It's for greater works. For greater things that God has planned for your life. But the problem is when we're searching for a worldly purpose, the Lord's greater purpose won't be fulfilled. See, we're chasing after the world's purpose. I want to be this, or I want to have that, or I want to do this. And those are the world's purpose. And you can chase after the world's purpose. But if you chase after the world's purpose, you're not going to fulfill God's purpose in your life. That's the reality of it. Why do I know? Because I did it. I did it. My sole purpose in my life was I wanted to be a musician and a rock star. Anyone else? You want to be someone famous? <laughs> Today, it's out of control. Today, they all think they should be rock stars or you know, famous on YouTube or something. It's, it's accelerated. Back then, we didn't have internet and didn't have YouTube. But there was this desire, a love for music, a passion that I had, and I wanted to use it. And I, I set after this sole purpose, but what I figured out for myself was that I liked the lifestyle, but I didn't like the work behind it. It was a different thing. And but I pursued that purpose. It went on from there later in life where I pursued a job that I had in a career where I was doing really well and I started my own business that I was doing because I thought materialism would fulfill that purpose or money would fulfill that purpose. And God had a sense of humor. In the midst of all those things, he says, hey, you know what? I could use you for a kingdom purpose. You want to go? And I was like, no, not really. This is all the things that I'd like to fulfill in my own life. But I couldn't turn from that call. He had a greater purpose, and I was discovering that purpose. Our purpose in this life is not to shape ourselves into some image we ought to be, but to find out who we are already and in Christ and become that. That's 
what our purpose is, that we discover that, that we understand that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So if you eat or if you drink or you do anything, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all, Paul says. All that we do should bring glory to God. Matter of fact, all that we do should bring glory to God into others that we encounter each and every day. That's from the very sustenance that we need to live on. All that we should do should bring glory to God. A Christian's life of purpose is that. A Christian's life of purpose is to bring glory to God. That's your life purpose. Now we can unpack that a little bit. But that's your purpose. He created you in his image. He gave you free will. He loved you unconditionally. And all he wanted was you to respond to a love that he has for us. And we encounter that love. And now, as a result of that love, our life is a reflection of him. And that we're to live out his purpose in our life. And that purpose begins that we bring glory to God. Now, there's a tough question. How does your life bring glory to God? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. How does my life bring glory to God? Our purpose is for his service. That's why the Spirit comes into our life, that we're activated in these gifts. And it's not salvation through works. It's knowing his love for us. And his love for us should lead us into an action. There's, there's, it's a verb. It should lead us to a place that we're so touched by who God is and the power of his spirit in our life, it moves us forward. Ultimately, we have all our desire is to know and love who he is. That's our desire, that we discover the Father's love and we redefined our purpose as a result of who his love is for our life. See, we love God by serving him. We love people by serving them. We build disciples by loving and serving one another. And that's what he's called us to do. That's the great mission that's before us. And it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that can take our pain and turn it into purpose. That's what happens. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit that can redeem our past and give us a future and a hope. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can give us great gifts to do great works the Father has planned for us. You know what? The world doesn't have that but the church does. Amen. And it needs to be fulfilled in us. We have to find, reel back that very purpose. The Lord's purpose for your life is to empower you, to empower us by his Holy Spirit in our spiritual gifts. And then that we use our time, that we use our resources, that they're power, powerfully used for us to change the lives of those around us, the people around us. So the Holy Spirit will do three things, and they'll continue until Christ comes again. And here's the three things the Holy Spirit will continue as we seek his purpose, as we seek to bring glory to God, that your life is that reflection. First thing it does is it brings repentance. Second, it brings renewal. Third, it brings revival. That's the process. And repentance means we turn away from our sin. We turn away from our sin and ourself, and we return to God. That happens through a change of mind, heart, and action. That's that first step of regeneration. But a penitent heart has to continue. Why? Because we fall short. Because we, we, we begin to lose sight that our life brings glory to God. And we have to have a heart 
that is penitent. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Now there's a difference there. There's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to an eternal life. Worldly sorrow is regret. You know what regret is? I'm just going to do it again. I feel bad about it, but I'm just going to do it again. Godly sorrow is the Holy Spirit that comes into our life and awakens us and realizes that my life in ways I've offended God. I've not been faithful. I've not walked into truth. And I want to turn from that way that I would have that, that, that godly sorrow in my life. It's that godly sorrow that leads me to salvation. And salvation is an eternal life with the Father. And that's a promise to be in his perfect love for all eternity. And we don't want to live in regrets. We want to live through our repentance and have that eternal life. You know the difference between repentance and regret? Regret is you got caught. <laughs> repentance is I did it and I need to change my ways. Second is renewal. So we come to repent. You got me? You with me? Repentance? We got it? Check that one off. Got it? Renewal. That's the continual transformation of our mind conforming us into the mind of Christ, that the continual transformation of our mind into the mind of Christ, that there's a way that we're changed. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but what, church? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How do you determine the will of God or the purpose for your life? You have to have a transformation of mind. The battle is all up here. That's where the struggle lies. And we have to allow that renewal of mind that we have to make a change from stinking thinking and begin to realize who he is, what his truth is, and that we're changed as a result of the way that we think, not the way of the world. And I'm no longer thinking like the way of the world, but I'm thinking the way of his kingdom, because I want a kingdom life. And my mind gets renewed. That's where renewal begins. It doesn't happen once, by the way. I don't know about you, but for me, I need daily renewal. Daily renew my mind. Daily, Lord, help me turn from those ways. Daily renew my mind. The psalmist says in Psalm 85, 6, will you not revive us again? That means they needed to be renewed. That your people may rejoice in you. Will you not revive us again, Lord? That I be made new in you. That you would bring this renewal. That you would bring this revival. I read the wrong scripture, dang it. That's a revival scripture. That we would understand the third part, which is revival, which means to live again. So you go through renewal, you have a change of mind, then you have the revival, which the psalmist said. That we would be changed. And to be revived means to resuscitate, right? To bring back to life. That something is dead and it has to come back to life. And often that we could miss that. But he needs to revive us again. Or we need that revival in his spirit working in our life. And what happens is there's a rejoicing when that revival begins to happen within us. There's a change that happens within us. And that rejoicing is he revives us. See, the Lord... Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church to reach those who are lost and to awaken those who have wandered. 
oftentimes in life we wander or we miss the mark or we get off track, that we lose direction. The Lord didn't lose direction. We lose direction. We wander. But ultimately, to bring repentance, to bring renewal and bring revival, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life that keeps us from wandering off, allows us to bring that awakening to those who are lost and are in darkness. That's the work that happens. And as we seek the Lord in his word and worship and ways, we'll experience his wonders. Do you want to experience the wonders that God has for your life? I do. But, but I have to get back to what's his purpose. And his first most important thing is his purpose is my life would bring glory to him because I'm his masterpiece and he created me in his image. And as my life brings glory to him, now I can begin to allow the work of the Spirit in my life so that I'm now experiencing a new life in the Spirit. I'm experiencing a new life through that process daily of being penitent, of renewal and revival. And the Lord wants to bring revival to his church for those in the church that have wandered. He wants to bring renewal to those who are lost. But we have to desire, we have to have that change of mind that we begin to live our lives to following after him, to allowing the spirit to interrupt our plans. I tell this to the church all the time, and I don't think the church believes me. My prayer every single day, before I come out to preach and worship, before every single day, what I ask is, Lord Jesus, send your Holy Spirit and interrupt our plans. That's a dangerous prayer. I don't know if you know that, because sometimes I'm like, oh, really, Lord? Not today. He's like, I heard you. If you want to pray a dangerous prayer, I want you to close your eyes right now. It's actually a wonderful prayer. If you want to experience the wonders of God, here's the prayer you pray. You say, Lord Jesus, interrupt my plans. Oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> God has an awesome work in each of our lives. Now I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pray this. I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Maybe you have something to repent from. Truth is, God loves you in spite of that sin. We just need to bring it to the forefront so that it doesn't have a stronghold on our life anymore. And he wants to bring his forgiveness. So maybe there's something you just, you can't shake. Would you let the love of Jesus in that place and just turn from that, that way would you let right now and ask the Holy Spirit, renew me, change my thinking. Give me the mind of Christ. Would you ask the Holy Spirit, revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord, that we would see an outpouring of your Spirit in our lives and we would be part of the outpouring of your Spirit and bring that into others' lives. Now here's what you need to know. This begins at regeneration. That's the first step that you have to make. And I don't know your heart, but none of this will happen. None of these works of the Spirit will happen in your life if you don't first have regeneration. And the Lord loves you. And he desires a relationship with you. He gives a promise of an eternal life for you. He went to a cross and died on this sin for our sins so that we can have an eternal life with him. He gives us the gift of grace. It happens through faith that we believe. And he promises an eternal life. That's a great deal. But we have to want it. We have to accept it. So if you're here now, you're watching online, and you haven't made that step of regeneration, 
you haven't asked the Lord in your heart that way. This is between you and Him, and all I want to do is pray with you. And if you'd like to know Him in that way and begin to fulfill the purpose He has for your life, that your life will bring glory to Him, I want you to just pray after me. And you can say, Lord Jesus, I need You. I thank You for dying on a cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask You to come in take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray with me and you're in person or you're online, here's what you need to do. You need to tell somebody about it. Particularly, let us know. You know why? I'm committed to helping you on a pathway to discipleship. And you know what will happen? You'll discover God's purpose, God's plan, and God's power for your life. So if you're in person, you let a host know on the way out and just say, hey, I prayed that. We want to give you some information to go to the Welcome Center. Or if you're online, you can click a button right now and we'll come alongside you there and get you the information you need. Amen? Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Just acknowledge one another, sign of God's peace. We're going to continue to worship the Lord in taking up our tithes and our offerings.